the Love, Heal, Thrive podcast. I'm your host, Erin Gray, and today we are talking about spring cleaning and psychometry and how those two things have everything to do with each other and to give you the tools and techniques that you need in order to spring clean efficiently, effectively, and bring in brand new energy into your home. Let's get started. So for those of you who've been with me for a while, you know I sent a daughter off to college this year. And for those of you who are new, welcome. And I sent a daughter off to college this year. (laughs) And her younger sister has been pining for her room for months now. And so finally, it's springtime. So the energy is new and fresher, wants to be newer and fresher in the home. And so her sister had the great opportunity this week to move into her room. So we painted, we moved everything, we cleared out tons of old stuff. And you may be having that experience for your own self too. You may be wanting to move things around. Often, you may find that after spring cleaning, you are exhausted. Like we go clean out the garage, we go clean out that closet, and we find ourselves exhausted at the end of the day. But guess what? It is not just about physically moving those physical objects. Every single object has an energetic frequency. Energy is the common denominator. Every single item has an energetic frequency. And so we are not only moving through the physical objects, we are moving through the memories, the stories, and the energy that exists in every single piece that we touch within our home. And as we do so, we are processing those stories. We are processing that energy. And just like being around a crowd of people, just like when you go to the fair or you go to a huge event, you need to clear and cleanse your energy at the end of your spring cleaning day because you have taken on the energy of all the objects in your house. So there is a process whereby we can actually read the stories that are in all these objects. And I think one, first just understanding that you are taking on the energy and the stories of these objects as you are clearing them out of your house. I think one, that is super empowering to know that. So that then you can be sure that you approach spring cleaning from a grounded place, from a knowing place, from a high energetic place so that you don't take on all those stories. So that is one approach. The second one, if you want to play around with it a little bit, is the process of psychometry. So psychometry itself is the psychic ability of being able to read the stories that are in those items because every item has a story. And so it is fascinating to understand the history that shows up in each of these items. So this is how heirloom items become so precious. They have taken on the energy, particularly jewelry, they've taken on the energy of the family. That genealogy, that that family line, it has taken on the energy of everyone who's worn that piece of jewelry. So psychometry itself is a form of scrying, a psychic way of seeing something that is not ordinarily seeable. Some scries use crystal balls, 
black glass, or even the surface of water. With psychometry, this extraordinary vision is available through touch. So there's a great article on liveabout.com that I will include down below that that taps into and details all of this information. So I'm going to pull some of it, but there's way more in the article down below. So a brief history on psychometry. Psychometry itself was a term that was coined by Joseph R. Buchanan in 1842 from the Greek words psyche, meaning soul, and metron, meaning measure. Buchanan, an American professor of physiology, was one of the first people to experiment with psychometry. Using his students as subjects, he placed various drugs in glass vials and then asked the students to identify the drugs merely by holding the vials. Their success rate was more than chance, and he published the results in his book, Journal of Man. To explain this phenomenon, Buchanan theorized that all objects have souls that retain a memory. So there's two more pieces of history that I think are just really interesting. So I'm just going to continue to read this really quickly. So intrigued and inspired by Buchanan's work, American professor of geology, William F. Denton, conducted experiments to see if psychometry would work with his geological specimens. In 1854, he enlisted the help of his sister, Anne Denton Cridge. The professor wrapped his specimens in cloth so Anne could not even see what they were. She then placed the package to her forehead and was able to accurately describe the specimens through vivid mental images she was receiving. So right again, the psychic interpretation. From 1919 to 1922, Gustav Pagensteiger, a German doctor researcher, discovered psychometric abilities in one of his patients, Maria Reyes de Zerold. While holding an object, Maria could place herself in a trance and state facts about the object's past and present, describing sights, sounds, smells, and other feelings about the object's experience in the world. Page and Steiker's theory was that a psychometrist could tune into the experiential vibrations condensed in the object. So how does this work? This is very much in the sense that Just as we have our aura that surrounds our body, every object also emanates its own aura. So just as people, we feel each other as we come up close to each other, we then feel and sense the energy story behind each and every object that comes near us. So we're ultimately just reading the object's aura and the energy that it is releasing, but it has taken on the energy story of everyone who has held it. So in fact, I read an article once that that I don't have here, but it is fascinating. It said that in while in training, Buddhist monks don't even wash their clothes together. Like they keep their clothes separate because they don't want to intermix the energy within, with just even simply within the laundry. So it's actually like made it very interesting, I think, to realize what an intimate experience it is even to just do laundry together. As a family, we do laundry together, but that's okay. That's an intimate experience. But now I'm actually even more consciously aware of whose laundry intermixes with us. So I think that's actually very interesting. And so even to further this, this is one of the tests in which the Dalai Lama is chosen. So there are three ways. So one, 
Either a monk dreams of the next Dalai Lama, either the monks meditate together and are given an answer of who the next Dalai Lama would be, or then they follow the smoke after they cremate one of the you know, the the predecessor Dalai Lama who had passed away, they cremate and then they follow the smoke to who is to be the next Dalai Lama. But then the next test that is given is that there are artifacts presented in front of the Dalai Lama that belonged to the previous Dalai Lama. And should they choose correctly and able to tell the story behind the artifacts, then they know that in fact, that is the Dalai Lama. So they are able to read the energy behind those artifacts and know that which is true of those artifacts. So this I find so interesting. I I run a chakra series and an intuition course. And as part of my intuition course, I teach psychometry. After we've gone through all the different senses I try to then pull it all together, and one of the classes is on psychometry. It was fascinating. I had everybody bring, typically metal is easier to read because it it conducts higher electrical output. It takes on more vibration, and it's just an easier read. So this is why often when you go to share jewelry, so if you were to take off a ring, said someone says, hey, I want to borrow your, let me try on your ring totally fine. However, you can take your ring off, place it down on the table, and then allow that other person to pick it up off the table. So you are not directly transferring your energy onto them. And likewise, right then when you want to give it back, they need to place it down on the table, even better put it on the ground. So then it actually grounds that energy. But if not, a table will work. But never directly take the jewelry right from that person onto your own self because we actually take on the metal itself takes on that energy so having this touch point in between this grounding moment either on a table or on the ground being able to have this disruption allows you to not take on that other person's energy directly but so back to class (laughs) back to class everyone brought a metal something And so it was people traded keys, people traded jewelry. And it was so fascinating to watch everyone in the room have pictures or feelings or experiences and trust and know at this point in time, it was several weeks into the intuition course, but they were able to then trust what they saw and felt and were able to tell the story of whatever it was that they were holding, you know, someone had handed me their key and I saw the gate, you know, and at the time it didn't entirely make sense to me, but I was like, wow, it's like a yard gate that had flowers. And I described the flowers and then I went through the gate and I went to this back house. And so it didn't make sense to me initially, but then she said afterwards that no, she actually lived in an in-law unit in a backyard. And so she didn't actually live in the house itself. So I described exactly what the key was for, But initially, it didn't make sense. And that is what I would say about tapping into your intuition and your psychic abilities. And you will hear this, hear me say this during my mediumship sessions. I try not to make sense of it. I just try to explain what I see, tell what I see. I don't try to interpret it because the message is always louder 
more impressionable and more important for the other person than it is for us. Like it doesn't always make sense for us. You are literally a conduit of the story. Releasing that need to make sense of it allows you to become a better psychic, a better intuitive, and trusting and knowing your messages. So here's the quick download on how to do psychometry. So first, choose a location that is quiet and free of noise and distractions. Sit in a relaxed position with your eyes closed. Rest your hands in your lap with your palms facing up. And I would then insert in here. So this is part of this article. However, what is not included right here that I'm going to include, always, 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 if you follow me on YouTube, you know what's about to come. That's right. Grounding. Ground, ground, ground. Ground here, right here in this moment. Draw that tree root down into the center of the earth. Draw that earth energy back up into your pelvic floor, the base of your spine, your perineum. Grounding keeps us safe, secure, protected. So, so important. Whenever you are tapping into your intuition, it helps your intuition to become clearer and keeps you safer. With your eyes remaining closed, ask someone to place an object in your hands. The person should not say anything. In fact, it's best if there are several people in the room and you don't know who the person is that's giving you the object. The object should be something that the person has had in his or her possession for a long time. Many researchers believe that objects made of metal are best, theorizing that they have a better memory. So again, keys, jewelry, all have higher uh, energetic resonance to them. And I think especially as you are beginning, I think it's really great to to tap into metal. But, you know, think about that. When we have a loved one that passes away or we miss someone, we want their sweatshirt or we want uh, something of them to cuddle with. And that is because their resonance is there in that object. So it is that you're holding on to a piece of them. And this is no different. But now, but now this explains to you why this matters and why this is so meaningful when we do this. So next, be still. As images and feelings come into your mind, speak them aloud. Don't try to process the impressions you get. Say whatever you see, feel, hear without any judgment. Again, don't try to make sense of it. Just allow the images and feelings to come. Don't judge your impressions. These impressions may be strange and meaningless to you, but they might be of significance to the owner of the object. Also, some impressions will be vague and others might be quite detailed. Don't edit. Speak them all. This I cannot explain to you enough or encourage you enough. Don't edit. Don't edit. Don't edit. (laughs) And you will hear me in my mediumship sessions just explaining like what I'm seeing. Like, I don't know what this means to you, but this is what I'm seeing. And always, always, whether it happens during the recording or not, it always has significant meaning. Even if the person, you know, takes some time away and then comes back to it, there's always significant meaning. So the more you try, the better you will become, says Psychometry Psychic Gifts Explained. You should start to see better results as your mind becomes used to seeing the information, right? Like all things, we get used to seeing it, realizing, oh, right, my brain is not making that up. (laughs) I'm actually reading the energy of something that I am holding, like my aura is reading its aura. But you can progress. At first, you will be pleased to pick up things correctly, but the next stage is to follow the pictures or feelings. There may be a lot of information that you can obtain. 
So I cannot encourage you enough to dive into this. It is so fun, but to understand that as you are spring cleaning right now, it's not just that you're moving items around your house. You are diving into that energy. You're picking up their story. So begin your spring cleaning with grounding and end your spring cleaning with grounding. So I will include a grounding meditation down below. But in order to find that you are not so exhausted, set your intention and your energy to begin your session and set your intention and energy as you finish your spring cleaning. This will allow you to understand that it is not only a physical experience you are experiencing, it is an energetic experience. And when you know better, you can do better. And so once you have gotten all of the physical items taken care of in your home, I think it's really important at this time to cleanse the home of negative energy. So I've written a ton of different articles on this. And every single time I always learn more. I think I'm a forever student. And to be honest, I feel like the more I know, the less I know. I feel like I continue to go deeper and deeper in rabbit holes and learn more and more and more. And it's just fascinating. I love learning. And I love learning with you. I love that I can learn and then share it with you every week. It's so fun. So in Mind Body Green, there is 10 ways to cleanse your home of negative energy. And then there's a couple other articles that I'm also going to include in here, but this is going to be kind of our framework. So after you have spring cleansed and you've gotten all your items out and about, this would be a perfect time to then clear your home and yourself of negative energy. So number one, set a new intention for your home. What is your springtime intention? You can have a springtime mantra. You can have a word, a word of the month that you can then have in the center of your home, allowing this intention to permeate your home, creating a purpose and a vibe that allows you to attract everything that you hope to bring in during this season. Strategically place crystals in your home. So two stones that you can place around your home that clear negative energy are black tourmaline and hematite. Um, I also love clear quartz. Um, Placing that by your front door, I think is really important. I think putting some near your bed and you have to be careful, pay attention to how you're feeling. If you are not able to sleep with crystals near you, take them out of the room. I once slept at one of my teacher's homes and I had slept in her healing cottage, which was amazing. Except there was a ton of crystals and high vibe things and it was so high vibe in there. I couldn't even sleep. I didn't need to sleep. I just meditated all night and I woke up feeling amazing. But if things are too high vibrational for you, it's okay. Remove them or just meditate for the night. Honestly, that was one of my best nights of rest and I didn't even sleep. I just meditated all night to all the high vibe crystals and things around me. So, but pay attention. If crystals don't work in your bedroom, just keep them to your front door and allow, set intention for them to draw and clear the negative energy coming into your home, setting intention to not have negative energy come into your home. You can begin there, actually. And you can have the clear quartz 
and the term line there to absorb any energy that may have come in or if there's any frustrations that happen in the home, it can then absorb that energy. Make noise as you walk through your space. You can use drums, gongs, clapping your hands, or even just blasting music. Have a springtime dance party. I'm telling you, have so much fun with this. (laughs) And set intention. I have a playlist that is all high vibe music that I play whenever I want to put myself in a higher space. And if you want to set that same intention around your home, blast that music, blast your favorite song for three minutes and allow it to go around the whole home, setting that intention within the home. Burning incense. Palo Santo or white sage are both really great herbs to use to help clear the negative energy in a home. So there are so many different conflicting opinions on how to sage. And I think most importantly, intention trumps all. Set intention first. And I think that you can begin with praying with the sage and say, asking the sage to bless the foundation of the home, bless the ground of the home, clear the home, setting intention that this sage is going to clear and balance and bring in everything that you hope for it to bring into. Intention, intention, intention. According to, and I will include this down below, according to David Laughing Crow, you smudge yourself first. So go head to toe, smudging yourself first, beginning to rub the sage in your hands before it's burnt, and then beginning with lighting a candle with the match or the lighter, and then using that candle to then relight the smudge. So this was something that I had just seen in this round of research. So I, I will say that I have not done that yet. That was, I, I, but I loved it. I had always used matches to light my sage, but I loved the idea of lighting one time a white candle and then relighting the sage based off of that one candle. And then when you exterminate the the sage itself, you do that either in sand or in dirt. So I loved both of those. Those were both two amazing up levels to my own saging process. But again, intention is everything. You can't do the things wrong. Set intention and you'll be doing great but it doesn't hurt to learn a couple of things along the way, right? (laughs) So according to David, clockwise, taking the sage and moving the sage clockwise brings in energy. So this would be ideal for the front door, right? We want to draw in energy. Counterclockwise gets energy to leave. So if there's negative energy, if there's been arguments, or if you have a spirit in the home that is unwanted, you can then counterclockwise use the sage to release the energy from the home. You enter to the left and move around to the left of the room. So energy comes into the front of the home and moves to the left and then moves all around the house from left all the way around. So Following that process within the home, beginning in the front at the front door and going to the left, moving around each room from the left all the way around, and then deciding for yourself, is it clockwise or counterclockwise that works best for you? And again, set intention, make sure that you get in the deep corners, the dark spots, the closets, 
Those are all very important places or and anywhere that catches your eye or you feel like things are sticky. When things are sticky, this is when energy is stuck. Listen to your intuition. Listen to yourself. You know how to do this and you cannot get it wrong. Cleanse your house with salt. I have a whole line of salt <laughs> in my doorway, like the little crevice that goes between the front stoop and my door. I have a whole line of sea salt to absorb energy so that nothing crosses. I actually think I put that up right before Halloween. But you can also dissolve sea salt in a spray bottle with water and spray it. You can put a small dish of salt in every corner of the room. You can dissolve salt water to clean surfaces and floors, and you can also use Himalayan salt lamps. That helps to raise the energy and clear the air. You can place essential oils in your diffuser. You can simmer lemon peels in water and let the steam scent your space or leave small dishes of fresh cut lemon slices around your home. This allows the energy to raise in vibration. It gives it a fresh lemony scent and allows the energy to be invigorated and uplifted. Fill your space with the smell of plants. Sage, lavender, and frankincense can all be incredible scents that you can either diffuse or you can place them in a water bottle with witch hazel and allow that to just spray around the home. It becomes this really amazing balancing scent within your home. Intention and imagination, envisioning this beautiful golden light around your home helps to protect your home. I cannot begin to encourage you enough to create this golden ball as well as allow just as you create your own grounding route every single week in my meditations for your own self, create a grounding route for your home and allow the energy that no longer serves the home to go down that route, draw that energy up the house's route, filling the home with the grounded energy, the healing energy that is necessary for your home. Just as you do this for your own self, use the same process for your home and watch how much more nourished and safe and peaceful your home is going to begin to feel. Of all the things on this list, I'm telling you, this is the most important one. <laughs> I will do this as my meditation for this week. So I will include this in the link down below. This honestly is the ultimate game changer to your home. This beautiful golden light, this beautiful tree root, and drawing in the energy that is most nourishing for your home and the people living within it will change how you experience every day within your home. And number 10, clear your clutter and dust. So dust itself collects negative chi. It collects negative energy. Clutter blocks the energy from flowing and again, as I had said earlier, when you see something and it annoys you, that is energy stuck. So that is why we then have to clear and cleanse that pile or we have to get rid of something. It is because the energy is stuck and it is collecting and it catches your attention. So when you see something and it irritates you, remove it right then and there, and then the energy will continue to flow. It is this backlog of energy 
that is capturing your attention. So this is why you're noticing it and it's irritating you. So the sooner you can get rid of that, the sooner the energy begins to flow through your house. So using those 10 things to clear and cleanse your home and the psychometry behind each item within your home. Spring cleaning is no joke. (laughs) And it is also super important. And so I encourage you during this season of springtime to clear and cleanse. Or this week we're talking about the home. Next week we're going to talk about your body. So this is such an important time to reset, to cleanse, to clear, to set up your life for the rest of the year. Thank you so much for listening. I cannot wait to hear in the comments down below. How's your psychometry? What images did you see? And which of those 10 things did you use to help clear and cleanse your home to set you up for the rest of the year? Thank you so much for listening. And if you found this helpful, thank you for liking and subscribing and sharing with all of your friends. Thank you for joining my newsletter at lovehealthrive.com. And I will see you next week. Love yourself enough to heal. Heal yourself enough to thrive. Take care.